put away any preconceived notions of meditation every time you sit to meditate. Uh, remember that it's not about stopping thoughts. It's not about trying to have a quiet mind. It's about witnessing the mind and seeing the mind more clearly and getting comfortable with the mind when it's quiet, the mind when it's busy, when there's lots of thoughts, when there's no thoughts. So having that kind of clarity, I think that gives us a real sense of freedom in life. Twenty twenty one, here we are. Emily Abadi here. You are listening to a special five day series called In Focus from Hurdle, a wellness focused podcast where I sit down with inspiring individuals to talk about everything from their big wins to how they've gotten through some of life's toughest moments. On the show, you can expect vulnerability, motivation, and candid discussions with everyone from top athletes to aspiring entrepreneurs on what it really takes to follow your passions. My mission is simple, to inspire you to be your best self, move with intention, and have some fun along the way. Now, if you've been following along at home, (laughs) leading into the new year, I had some really awesome conversations last week with past guests, including Des Linden, Coach Chris Bennett, Jess Sims, Rachel Drury, and Sadie Lincoln about how they managed the past 365 days and what their biggest takeaways were. This week on the show, I felt it was really important to continue my mission to help hurdlers sort through the chaos that is the start of a new year, setting new goals, what some may refer to as resolutions, and really break down some of the most popular topics. You know, I can't tell you how many times the ball has dropped and in my head, I have thought to myself, this is the year I'm going to be better at meditation, or this is the year I'm going to hydrate more, or this is the year where I'm going to run X amount of miles and this amount of time and get really smart and specific. I know you can relate. So so this week on the show, I am talking with top experts to unpack the tips and tricks that you need to actually stick with your goals this year and beyond. I am kicking off the InFocus series, I'm so excited to say this, with my friend Andy Puticom. He is the founder and the voice of Headspace. He says it best in today's episode, the best way to experience meditation is to actually do it, which sounds so simple, but I myself have seriously struggled at making this a priority over the last few years. I feel like, you know, there's a lot of stigmas that surround meditation. Like we feel like we're supposed to be doing it a certain way. It's supposed to look a certain way. My legs should be crossed and I should be sitting at a special little pillow and I should be completely calm and nothing else should be going on. Like I can keep going forever. But the truth is it doesn't need to look any sort of way at all. And that is what Andy and I are hashing out in today's episode. I love what he has to say about his best practice tips for implementing meditation into your regular routine. I also love what he has to say about the benefits of this practice, which may finally encourage you to stick with it on the regular. I do want to call out also that over the weekend, Headspace launched a new animated Netflix series called The Headspace Guide to Meditation, and it's geared toward helping us all learn more about the tools to build a meditation practice or explore the science behind it. So once you listen to this episode of Hurdle as a primer, (laughs) head on over to Netflix and check it out. Now, this week of content would not be possible without my sponsor, Whoop. 
as we think about ways we can make improvements to ourselves and achieve resolutions we've set for the new year, being able to monitor your progress short and long term is so important. 80%, I know it's a huge number, 80% of resolutions fail. And it's primarily a result of individuals not tracking their progress and staying accountable. Having a fitness tracker like Whoop can make it so much easier to do just that. Whoop is literally like having a personal trainer on your wrist for less than a dollar per day. It tells you how recovered your body is, how much strain you can take on in a day, how well you slept, and with the built-in coaching features, Whoop sets target exertion goals so you know how long you should aim to work out for, and it lets you know how much sleep your body needs to be recovered the next day. I know today we're focusing on the goal of meditation, so what's great about Whoop when it comes to this topic is that you can actually track meditation in the app. So you'll get feedback on how meditation impacts your body's recovery, your body's heart rate variability, resting heart rate, and sleep quality. It seriously tracks, it tracks all of that. So if reducing stress is a part of your resolutions this year, Whoop is the perfect tool to track the impact of the efforts you take, such as meditation, to reduce your stress, which you'll see get reflected in all of your metrics. For all of my listeners today, if you've been thinking about giving Whoop a shot, there is no better time to kick off your healthier new year with this fitness tracker. You can save 15% off a Whoop with the code HURDLE at checkout. Just head on over to Whoop.com, that's W-H-O-O-P.com, and use my code HURDLE at checkout to save 15% off today. Know yourself with personalized recovery, strain, and sleep insights from Whoop. As always, as you're listening to the show today, head on over to Instagram and tag me over at Hurdle Podcast and over at Emily Abadi. I want to hear about your New Year's resolutions, your goals for the upcoming 365. So feel free to shoot me a DM. Let's have a combo. Let's talk about what we want going into 2021. And if you're still trying to figure out what your big goals are for the new year, I am here to help. I've got a goal setting workshop on January 6th at 7 p.m. Eastern. Link to sign up for that is in the show notes. Use code 2021 at checkout to get $5 off. I would love, love, love to see you there. Thanks for joining me for another special week of content. With that, let's get to hurdling. Today, I am sitting down, I'm so elated to be saying this, with my my good friend, the founder, the voice of Headspace, Andy Pudicom. How are you doing today, Andy? Hi, Emily. I'm very well. Thank you. How are you doing? You know, I'm doing pretty well, too. You know, sure. we're on the brink of this new year. Yeah. We have this clean slate. How do you feel about setting New Year's goals? <laughs> yeah, it's... It's an interesting one, but I think this year more than perhaps any other year in memory, um, everyone's sort of desperate to, to say goodbye to the year, year past and to maybe look ahead to something new. And it's an interesting one through the lens of mindfulness, right? Kind of where we're sort of encouraged to be more present, not really sort of looking forward or looking back. I don't really, I don't do a lot of kind of new year's resolution setting, you know, um, is the truth. I, not because I don't think it's useful or important. I think it can be incredibly um, helpful. But I try and think of it more on, I don't like to wait. Like if something happens in January, I don't want to wait until the next new year to make a resolution to change that. 
I try and think of it in a, on a daily basis. So at the end of every day, kind of what went well, what made me happier, what made the people around me happier. Let's do more of that. What kind of made me unhappy? What made the people around me unhappier? Let's do less of that. And I try, I really try and do that on a daily basis. So um, when it gets to the end of the year, it doesn't feel like I've got a big bag of resolutions that I need to kind of make to carry into the next year. But I think they can be the intention. That thing is, is really, really important. A big bag of resolutions. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I like that visual. Okay. So for the individuals yes. that are focused on making mindfulness a more regular yeah. part of their routine, making meditation a more regular part yeah. of their routine, where would you suggest that they even begin? So look, there's a few, a few options. Well, there's not just a few options. Now there are many, many options in the world. You know, when we, when we started only 10 years ago, there weren't any other options, at least not on your phone. Um, now I think kind of there's something like in excess of 5,000 different um, apps out there and there's, you know, centers and all kinds of different places you, you can go. Um, I'm a little bit biased. I think Headspace is a great place to, to begin, especially if you haven't done any, any sort of meditation before, if you've taken a long break from your practice and you're looking for a friendly, accessible way to get back into it. Um, and then of course, we've got our, our new show coming out on Netflix. Yeah, talk, talk to me about the show. So I, my hope is that that will be a way more direct way for people to kind of get into meditation if it's something they haven't had exposure to in the past, if it's something kind of new they want to try. You can do it in the privacy of your own home, on the sofa, on the floor, whilst watching Netflix. Maybe it's a break in other programming. Maybe it's something that you're choosing to do just to, to feel better. But we were chatting with Netflix, working on actually a, a different show, and the pandemic began. And we started to talk about as a team, like what could we do that would be helpful to people, that we could actually serve up to folks in their, in their own homes. We knew we could see from the data at Headspace that folks were struggling with stress, with anxiety, with sleep. We could see all those numbers kind of increasing. We're like, okay, so is there something we can put together that folks could watch at home? So, you know, you know we've, you've, used, you've used Headspace. Um, we've always used a lot of illustration. We've always used a lot of animation. There was no way that we could film anything live during the pandemic. So we thought, okay, well, let's get to work on putting together an animated series um, and the team have done an amazing job. There's eight episodes, all animated, um, with, I hope, a, a combination of, I, it's, it's not meant to be educational, you know. The, there is an element of um, being guided through an experience and actually having a go at meditation in each show. But there's also some kind of personality to it. There's, um, I like to think of it as a sprinkling of, a sprinkling of the Himalayas. So taking my experience from, from the monastery and actually bringing some of those stories that, that I sort of benefited from over there um, and, and weaving those through the, through the episodes. So is there an animated Andy Pudicum? Um, do you know, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, there might be, I think they tried to steer, steer clear of it. Actually, we, we did chat about it. I mean, Sesame, <laughs> Sesame Street went a different way. In our partnership with Sesame Street, they, they, they went all out and they gave me a little animated character to, to chat to Cookie Monster with. Um, but in this one, we didn't want to make it, you know, it's, it's always a really interesting balance. It's, the show's not about me. And so we didn't want to kind of like bring it in in that way. It's more kind of about the experience and the wisdom that I learned from, from my teachers and kind of trying to convey that through um, sort of illustration animation. So I think the, the guys have, have struck a, a really good balance. 
yeah. think that'll be awesome. I'm I'm excited to see it. Great. I'd love to I'd love to kind of bring it back a little bit to mm. maybe some more kind of best practice tips yeah. that you have for someone that is trying to get into that at home meditation practice, maybe an environmental tip or uh, a yeah. tip to alleviate judgment as you go on? Yeah, all good ideas. I mean, look, there, there are a ton, um, but here are some that I, I think are the, the most useful. Same time, same place. So um, there's some basic behavioral psychology kind of involved here. If we are able to repeat something that feels beneficial in some way on a regular basis, in, then over time, like we start to have an association with that place in the house or with that place in, in our, our living space. And at a particular time, um, linking it with something that you already do. Uh, so if in the morning you, um, let's say, have a shower every day, um, I'm assuming most people do, or uh, have a cup of coffee or breakfast, you think, okay, breakfast and meditate, shower and meditate. So in linking it with something, with a pre-established routine, um, you're that much less likely to forget it. You're that much mm. more likely to, to do it. Otherwise, it just becomes another thing on the, on the to-do list. Other things, I think if you do it first thing in the morning, look, be flexible. Some people are morning people, some people are evening people, some people are neither. Um, but I think if you can do it first thing in the morning, it means you get it done. Rather than waking up and trying to do it while still horizontal in bed, um, I recommend getting up go to the bathroom, open the window, splash a bit of cold water on your face, maybe even have a drink. Make sure you're properly awake. That way you're less likely to, to fall back asleep. Similarly, if you try it last thing at night, try and do it sitting up if you can. Again, if you're tired, you're lying in bed already, there's a really good chance you're going to fall asleep. Not the end of the world, but maybe not the, doesn't make for the best meditation session. Maybe don't do it immediately after a heavy meal when all of the, the blood rushes to the stomach. Our body tends to feel very heavy, and so we're kind of more likely to fall asleep. But all of those kind of practical tips, I would say more important than any of those is kind of the way we approach the practice. Mm. So by that, I mean that the attitude we bring towards it. So I'd say put away any preconceived notions of meditation every time you sit to meditate. Uh, remember that it's not about stopping thoughts. It's not about trying to have a quiet mind. It's about witnessing the mind and seeing the mind more clearly and getting comfortable with the mind when it's quiet, the mind when it's busy, when there's lots of thoughts, when there's no thoughts. So having that kind of clarity, I think that gives us a real sense of freedom in life. And then with that attitude, I think remembering that, yeah, that the mind has always thought just because we are sitting down now, and we're calling it meditation, why should the mind suddenly stop thinking? So don't beat yourself up. Don't give yourself a hard time. Don't think that you're doing something wrong if the mind is still busy when you sit to meditate. I, be kind to yourself. We need that. We all need a little bit of grace. I think that for many of us in 2020, just this concept of dealing with hard stuff and, and things not necessarily have been how we had hoped or gone how we had hoped for someone that kind of is just really going through it and they yeah. sit down to meditate and that mind it's just so clouded yeah. with everything that's going on aside from putting aside the judgment like what do you say to that person to to just help them stick with it yeah you know there are a lot of different um analogies you can kind of use with with meditation i think one a lot of 
people are familiar with is maybe sort of going to the gym and, and maybe kind of we haven't trained for a few years. Maybe we've never trained before. Well, we would never go to the gym and do one day of, you know, walking for half an hour on, on the treadmill and say, okay, well, this doesn't work. I'm no fitter than I was when I came in. We would say, okay, well, I'm going to stick with this for, a, you know, a few months, hopefully at least, and sort of see how I feel over that time. Same thing is true for, for meditation. Know that there is no quick fix here. Like, a mind and a body that has been living through all the stresses and strains of 2020 and it's been different for everybody. Some people are definitely at the extreme end. That takes time to kind of let that go. But whilst we might feel sort of fearful of knowing that, the alternative is so much worse. The alternative is holding on to all of that mm. and sort of mm -hmm. carrying that around with us in our life. And at some stage, that has to come to the surface. So far better that we create an environment where we can gently let go of that thinking, of those emotions, of the tension that we've been storing up. And hopefully, as I said, going into next year, feeling a little bit lighter. Aside from the actual act of meditation, what mm. else in your life is a mindful practice for you? I know for me, uh, something like running or cooking or journaling. Uh, what are what are activities that you indulge in that are that are more mindful than you as well as enjoyable? Yeah. So, I mean, one thing I'd say is that every single moment in the day is an opportunity to be mindful. There are exercises and activities that I think um, sort of encourage us to be more mindful and that are, are more conducive to a, a mindful sort of attitude. But I. Yeah, I think it's really important to remember kind of that we can do it at any point, even if we're at work and we're engaged in something that we don't necessarily kind of want to be. Like, it's still possible to be mindful, even if it's of our resistance to that activity. Um, but on my, um, uh, in my sort of, you know, own time, uh, surfing for sure is still uh, a big sort of, I want to say it's a big feature in my life because I don't do it enough, but it's something I love to do and something that feels innately uh, mindful. There is... There's the aspect of being out in nature away from everything. And there's also just a, a sense of being like immersed and connected with the world around you. Also being free from any sense of control as well. If you go into the ocean and think you have any control over what's happening out there, um, I think it's a risky, it's a risky move. Um, so I love to surf. I, I still love to run. I love to cycle. I love to row. So a lot for me, a lot of it is very sort of physical activity. Mm -hmm. um, but when I'm with my kids as well. Um, whether it's a bit of music, a bit of art, it's at quite a kind of basic level for me personally. But um, like engaging in those things definitely gets me out of my thinking mind. It makes me feel more grounded and inevitably I'm better able to connect with, with other people around me. And I think that's really special, just this idea of being fully present during these activities. It's, there's such a difference of... Yeah being with your kids and being fully present versus being with your kids between 18 things and not giving that activity your specific attention. Like it doesn't take any more or less time to do an activity and be yeah. fully present. So it's like, take advantage of that, right? 100%. And it makes, it makes a difference to the way we feel. It makes a difference to the way the other people feel, like children in, in this case. And, and they know, by the way. I mean, I think... As a, as a parent, I think sometimes we think, oh, they're not really kind of noticing what we're doing kind of on our phones in between every sort of other sentence. And, um, but they do know and they do notice. And my own experience, and look, I'm, 
I'm not suggesting, by the way, for a moment um, that I do this perfectly because I definitely don't. And uh, there are definitely times when I catch myself and there's work emails and texts coming in and I'm trying to have a conversation kind of over breakfast with the kids. And, um, but I think it's something for us all to aspire to, for sure. What are you excited about in the new year? Um, I'm always quite excited, actually, and quite optimistic, just generally. Um, I don't know why. Um, I just partly, maybe, is the, the training over the years. Um, I tend not to f- spend a lot of time um, looking back or thinking, but not in a negative way. I'm really grateful for the experiences that I've had. And, um, you know, of course, I go back to those, those memories sometimes. But I, I, love, I love the idea of stepping into the unknown. And for me, kind of going into 2021, it's not because there's something specific I'm excited about. I'm excited because I don't know what's going to happen. And, and I feel like so much of mindfulness, the practice is a willingness to be vulnerable, of uh, being okay with uncertainty and not knowing. And, and for me, that's kind of, I guess, the embodiment of, of that is sort of just stepping into something new without really kind of knowing, but just willing to be present with life as it unfolds. For those of us, all of us coming off of a tough year, what advice do you offer to the people listening to this, maybe watching this to take that next step and take ownership maybe over what's going to happen and maybe even putting it in that positive perspective? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I'm, if I'm in any position to, to give any advice, Emily, but for what it's worth, you know, I, I look back at, at, at this year and I said, I've spoken to a lot of people at, at both ends of the spectrum, people who've been through everything and lost loved ones and their own health impacted their jobs and everything else. And people who haven't been that impacted kind of by it. And I think for, you know, there are different challenges for, for everyone, but I do think at the end of this year, it's really tempting in difficult situations to want to get past them as quickly as possible and to move on to something new. And it's almost human nature, I think you could say. And, and I would look at that a bit like in meditation. So on days when the mind is quiet, when our emotions are very sort of peaceful and happy, of course, it's easy to sit. I'm not sure how much we learn about the mind, actually, because we tend to just sit and it's like, oh, it's so nice. On the days we sit and the mind is busy, and the emotions are challenging. Although it's difficult, I feel like we, we normally learn something about ourselves. We learn something about our mind. The same is true of the external world as well. I feel like out of this year, we have all been forced to reflect on what is most important to us in our life. Who is most important in our life? Maybe where is even most important in our life? And make kind of choices as a, as a result of that. So my hope is that, People won't just look back at this year and go, oh, it's the worst year ever. I can't wait to get away from it. It's more kind of, okay, coming out of this year, what are the things that I can take away that will lead to a better life? Not just next year, but kind of beyond that as well. Um, and that those lessons or whatever you kind of you know, want to call them um, will be genuinely beneficial. So I think coming out of the year with that attitude, I feel you kind of can't help but go into next year thinking that we're all hopefully more resilient than we were, than we went into 2020. We've been tested in a way we perhaps didn't expect to be tested. And we've shown ourselves 
in you know however small the ways might be that actually we are able to to cope in a difficult situation um, and we are able to take on on challenges when they when they arise to finish us off i know that there are so many benefits to meditation i mean the science is literally endless for you if you had to yeah. point to one or two of the benefits that in all of your years of practicing, Andy, has just kind of really brought you back to this practice time and time again, what would you say that is? And, and I ask you this under the premise that for those that are still just like having a hard time getting on the train, yeah. what is it for you that keeps you, you know, on the train, not getting off? Yeah, it's a great question. It's difficult to put down just like, you know, into, into one thing. It's more of a, a feeling, you know, than, a, than an idea, perhaps. I mean, definitely a, a softer kind of mind, you know. Um, I think I used to be a lot more kind of uh, judgmental, critical of myself and, and others. And um, none of us enjoy that mind state. It's not a, you know, why would we give ourselves such a hard time when life is tricky enough as it is? Um, and then to put that on others as well, I think that's a, it's a lot. So, so knowing that it definitely softens my mind um, and, and takes off the sort of the, the sharp edges, I think is something that keeps me, keeps me coming back. And then I think at its most basic level, just the, a sense of, appreciation for just how um, transitory like this life is. I think ordinarily we are very caught up in our thinking mind and everything that's kind of going on all the time, understandably. Um, but because of that, we're not really spending that much time being present. And the only time we can really be appreciative and grateful for this life is here in the present. Like we might have an idea of it in our mind, but that's an idea of appreciating it rather than actually appreciating it kind of here and now. And I think the more time we spend in that, the more we realize that, wow, life is really, really short. There is only so much time. There is only so much energy. Where are we going to put that? Like, what are we going to say to ourselves? What's important in our lives? And where are we going to sort of focus our attention? And I just feel like the more time... I spend being present, I know the happier I am and the more appreciative I am to, to be alive. So that's what keeps me coming back. A beautiful takeaway. Andy, how do the hurdlers keep up with you? How do they keep up with Headspace? Give me all the details. Sure. Well, um, I guess we can circle back to the Netflix thing. Come, like, I'd, love, I'd love them to join me um, on this little journey on, on Netflix. It starts January 1st on the Headspace Guide to Meditation, you could download the Headspace app and I would, it would be my pleasure to talk you through some, some meditations and kind of get you, get you started um, with some meditation. Uh, you can obviously go to the Headspace website or you can just catch me on Twitter or Instagram, all the usual places. All the usual places. I'm over at Emily Abadi and at Hurdle Podcast. Thank you, Andy, for your time. I appreciate it. Pleasure. Lovely to see you again, Emily. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time. 